0: Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on War games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 199. X plus 9
1: equals one player podcast. Hi, Julius. Hello, Albert. <laughs> How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I heard you're a math teacher in real life. No, I didn't uh, hear that at all.
0: No, you didn't. But I like math. I appreciate math.
1: Oh, do you? Oh, yes, yes. This doesn't really have a whole lot to do with math. But well, it's today, got a mathematician in it. It does. Everyone, today we are going to be talking about Ada Lovelace's Legacy of the Analytical Engine. And the reason why this references math is because this is the legacy campaign version of Ada Lovelace, Consulting Mathematician. And in this game, you are playing as the titular Ada Lovelace, a consulting mathematician who theoretically uses math to. Do stuff,
0: (laughs) stories unclear. Mm Mm-hmm. And probably detective stuff. And it is actually based on a real person, Ada Lovelace. I don't know much about it. No. She was an English mathematician in real life. She was born in, wow, she was born in 1815. She died in 1852. She was pretty young when she died, honestly. Consulting mathematician is definitely a dangerous job. I guess it is, yeah. She's also considered one of the – she's credited for the invention of the computer to some extent. And I don't really honestly know what it is that she did that gives her that credit, but yeah. She's well known in computer circles.
1: That's not quite how things played out in the course of the game, but I'm happy to go ahead and dive on into it. Um, As perhaps a preliminary note, this is not a game that you're going to find in your friendly local game store. This is a game that is actually a print-and-play um, purchasable from itch.io through the author's website. So you you buy the game, and it costs $8. And at that point in time, you get a 24-page file that you then print off and play yourself. And at that point in time, it is a roll-and-write legacy game where you go through the nine missions over the course of the game and roll and write to see if you win the whole campaign.
0: Mm, Okay. And since it's a legacy game, I guess you're changing your components and writing on them and permanently altering your game. There is, in fact, much of that. Yes. Which sounds way less satisfying for print and play. (laughs) Uh, um, I'm not going to disagree, actually. (laughs) Because the whole idea of this is that you
1: just play it through once again and you reset it. It doesn't, like, with the legacy it's kind of supposed to be permanency and this just by its pure nature is not really a permanency type thing Mm -hmm. you will cut up paper Mm -hmm. and you will stick on paper and you will keep track of stuff that you successfully done but yeah it feels more like a campaign than a legacy it doesn't really give me that legacy feeling that tearing up and permanent destruction of stuff that i didn't just print off myself does
0: yeah i guess if you don't like how the game went you could always just print it out and put it back to just before that game and keep going <laughs> yeah I can't that'd be cheating doing that <laughs> definitely well it's 24 pages that's a lot of effort yeah well, i guess it is i don't know it's a lot of paper all I right suppose. so it's a print and play legacy style game you go buy it on h.io and it is based on a previous game ada lovelace consulting mathematician which is also print and play, but not legacy in any stretch. And that is available free on BGG, isn't it not? I, think yeah, it I believe is. it is, BGG. yes. Okay. Um. Had you played that game before? Uh, I
1: had not played that game before. I jumped straight into the legacy version of it.
0: Rules and sheet. Yeah, so it's available on BGG, the, the original game. So you can print it out from there and try it before you commit to the bigger one. And I'm assuming at least thematically it's similar, but I bet you it'll give you a feel for the, the other game. We don't so, know that because neither of us have played it. We're just making well, up stuff here.
1: Well, I, I mean, the main game, the original game does play just like the legacy game. I oh, did look okay, so at it. Stuff up. Um, Yes, I did. I did look at it. I just didn't <laughs> play it. It plays just like the 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 legacy version. It's just one scenario instead of nine.
0: Got it. Okay, cool
1: so let me summarize how this game is played because i think that most of our listeners are going to be unfamiliar with and i think that might be helpful before we jump into thoughts on the various different aspects i'm going to summarize the gameplay so the idea of the game is that you will have a dice wheel um you will need to provide your own six d6s 66 D- six sided dice and there will mm-hmm. be six on the reserve you will each turn, you will take two of those dice and roll them. Then, each around the dice wheel, each die is but be- each dice icon. So, like there's a one, two, three, four, five, six, and it's between two different polyomino shapes. So, two different Tetris shapes. You'll look at the die number you rolled and you will then pick one of the die, one of the polyominoes either to the right or left of that die number. It's so like if you roll a 1 and there's either an L-shape or a Z-shape next to it, you can either pick an L-shape or a Z-shape. Whichever die, whichever polyomino you pick, you will then cross off that pattern somewhere on the board where it can fit. As with many of these types of games, it's a polyomino game, so you can't a shape where it doesn't fit either because there's a piece of evidence there or there's a wall there or there's another polyamina already drawn there you have to somehow fit it into your growing board you'll spend those two dice to do it and then you'll exhaust those two dice and you'll keep going on along doing that when you spent all six of your dice from your reserve you'll mark off one of your little time check boxes so around essentially And after you've marked off all of the rounds, so generally you'll have five rounds or so, um, that will end your game and you won't be able to put anything else out. And you will do your final scoring for whatever goals you have for the particular scenario. Um, There is a second use that you can make for your dice, which is to use them for an evidence ability. Scattered around the board are these evidence boxes. If you completely surround an evidence, either with walls or with polyominoes, you'll then be able to circle that evidence to show that you've collected it. When you're spending dice, instead of spending dice for a polyomino, you can spend dice to achieve an evidence goal. So some of the goals, you have to have a pair of dice, or they have to be um, going up in a run, just two of them a run, but one off from another, or they have to add to a certain amount. Various different types of mini goals for how you fill in those boxes.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: So instead of putting out a polyomino, you'll put the number, the die number, into an evidence box for an evidence that you previously unlocked. When you fully unlock an evidence box you complete the mini evidence task, you'll then be able to use the bonus ability of it. So like it'll give you extra polyominoes or it'll give you... Uh, bonus rerolls, or it'll give you bonus shapes or bonus points, things like that. Um, bonus points is one of the way you earn points over the course of the game. In addition, every evidence that you find, not necessarily unlock, so you don't have to do the whole ability of it, but as long as you find it, which means you surround it from all sides, that evidence is worth two points. In addition, each room on the board is, is it's separated by color or doors, And if you completely Mm -hmm. fill in a room, it's also worth endgame points. So like filling in one room, you be worth seven points or two points or 20 points. Usually depends on the size of the room. You'll go through over those course of five rounds trying to get as much evidence as you can and complete investigations as much rooms as you can. And at the end of the game, you will total up how much points you have in total. Usually each of the rounds, each of the scenarios rather, will tell you based on whatever your point total is, Gain zero, one, two, or three stars. And you'll mark those in your stars or earned box uh, in your main tracker sheet. In addition, every evidence that you have, there's going to be a tracker showing the evidence that you've collected. Now I'm going to step into spoilers. They're minor spoilers. In the last scenario of the game, the last scenario is twice as long as everything else. But in the last scenario, you get to Cash in essentially on those stars and evidence. The evidence is going to be put together in sets, mini polyominoes of the evidence essentially. For every set of evidence that you've fully collected, you get a bonus die at the start of the last scenario. And for every group of four stars that you've completed, you get a bonus die in the last scenario. You need to have enough of those to complete the last scenario because since last scenario is about twice as long and you have the same amount of rounds. You'll need all those bonus dies to complete the first half of the final scenario, and still have enough regular rounds left to complete the second half of the scenario. And it can be okay. tough.
0: So, do you know going before you get to that last round that you you want sets and stuff like that, or, or
1: it does tell you that you want to be making sets as much as possible. Okay, it does not tell you why, but it does tell you that you want sets as much as possible.
0: I see. Okay. So yeah, so you didn't really spoil anything other than story, because you already know mechanically. You know mechanically that
1: you want to have those sets, correct. Yeah.
0: Okay. That that sounds simple, and I guess each round is probably about twenty minutes or so from the look of it. Each
1: each game each, each game, not each round. Each game. Each game consisting of about five rounds is about twenty minutes, yes. Yeah. And since there's nine of them, it's it's about I'd say three hours to go through the whole thing, start to finish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So definitely possible to sit down and finish it in one sitting. I did not. I definitely spent a couple of weeks going through the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's, honestly, it seems like a lot for a light die rolling game. Three hours of light die rolling would be too much for, <laughs> for me.
1: All at once, I agree. It's not designed for that. It's designed to do here mm-hmm. and there, which is exactly how I played through it. Mm-hmm.
0: So and it having, prints out into an eight and a half by eleven sheet. So I guess you you know, just print it out, and take it with you, and if you're somewhere with some time to kill, you could you could play a bit. Correct. For example. Nice. Okay.
1: Correct. All right. So having now fully reviewed, or excuse me, having now fully gone over um, how the game is played, let me talk a little bit about the rules, which are our normal first segment of it. Um, the rules that discuss how you play are they're only about three or so pages long um i think that how much i told you is honestly the relatively simple part some of it less so um what i haven't necessarily told you about one thing was wild shapes there are (laughs) shapes in the middle of the dice wheel and some bonuses will give you access to wild shapes and okay. wild shapes just means you can take any shape from the die wheel, including the three special shapes in the middle of the ones, which is a they're, they're tiny, smaller shapes that try and fill in small, but not too small, holes in rooms. Um, so it can be useful to have those wild shapes, but more of those wild shapes are just really powerful because if you can turn a die into a wild shape, you have complete control over which polyomino you get. The I suppose that really the rules are sufficient for being able to explain what is otherwise a light die roller. I definitely did have to consult them a number of times, which feels <laughs> feels strange to say about a game that it has only three pages of rules and the fact that I didn't manage to absorb <laughs> them all in one sitting
0: is questionable. <laughs> that must be dense rules. So, so you said it's about 24 pages and each – each chapter is a separate um, it's two map. It's two pages. It's two pages. Okay. One for the map and one for the
1: scoring and story. Ah, uh, Okay. And legacy aspects. Yep. Legacy aspects. Because you do get to upgrade your dice wheel over the course of the game as well. Ah, I see. Over the course of the
0: game. So if you do something like that, you you get to cut out a a, a sheet and paste yeah you get to paste, paste, it, you get to paste it on
1: your dice wheel exactly okay um so yeah i think the rules and, are yeah go
0: mm-hmm. ahead oh uh, never mind I, I don't have anything to say yeah oh, so no. i
1: think that just in summary i think the rules are, are basically so so ish maybe it's just that it's being very dense for a rule size this big but i don't know so 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 ish was is about the best i could really give for that one Um, okay let us move on to theme i think you may have understood from the beginning i am not quite sure what theme is going on here it seems like (laughs) ada lovelace is being pegged as a sherlock Holmesy type person Mm -hmm. where someone has consulted with her to use her amazing math ability to somehow solve crimes but the end of the game keeps referring to the fact that like she's made a computer and the bad guy is using her mathematical engine to hypnotize everybody and take over the world it it feels like a story that came out of a bad comic book <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it 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 does it does a little bit of a stretch there and, and so historically there was an analytic engine that she was involved with. Um, apparently Babbage visited uh, a university of Turin in 1840 to give a lecture and presented his his uh, machine, his analytic engine, and, and Ada Lovelace made a program for it. I believe I got that right.
1: I have no idea. I just know that the way that it's presented in, in this game, this engine somehow lets you mind control everybody oh well yeah that's the other part uh, yeah. <laughs> beyond beyond me as to how that one works so i think that probably the story if she would have been presented as more of a sherlock Holmesy type person as opposed to someone who magically can use this analytical engine like pick one or the other <laughs> either <laughs> let her use magic analytical engine or let her be sherlock holmes but Straddling mm-hmm. both makes it seem very bad comic. So, <laughs> but either um, way,
0: that's just theme, entirely theme. It doesn't affect the gameplay in any way. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm reviewing right now. We do yeah. rules, then we do theme. But do I know, components. I know
0: just <laughs> It's just yeah, it doesn't
1: I it, skip kind of I skip through the entirety of the story because I quickly got like this is just beyond. <laughs> <laughs> but let me talk about components. Okay. Um, yeah. With the components. The that, yeah. What was the paper quality? <laughs> what I'm actually going to discuss is the more about the graphic design and the layout choices yeah. that he's made. So I actually am going to give this a high rating, um, because when you buy the file, it both presents you with a low color, full color, black and white version, so that if you like the full color looks nice i appreciate the extra color that's been Mm -hmm. added but on the other hand i don't want to use that much color for fluff and stuff i'm perfectly happy with the low color version i do want some of the color because i think it makes it nicer to be able to see which room is which so i didn't want the pure black and white but if you want to go even lighter ink you can go with the even lighter ink version and it also works well so that was a good presentation that he has He did also include this like bonus scenario when you get it. It also includes Mm -hmm. if you want to do a a paper craft dice tower um, of Ada Lovelace, which I don't know who made this. Does it work? If you can do paper craft well, yes. My my daughter saw this thing. She's like, I want to make it. So I I printed one off for her. It stayed there for a week. Did you try and use it?
0: No, no, no. She didn't
1: actually ever cut it apart to make it. Oh, was...
0: oh, shit. Just the paper just sat there for a week. The paper just sat there for a week. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: I mean, theoretically it would work. It's just it's a nice papercraft
0: box. Um, yeah. yeah. There's also a, a, an, a according to the list here, there's a, a paper doll, an Ada Lovelace paper doll.
1: Yeah, there
0: is that. Okay. <laughs> That's neat you get all that stuff
1: it's it's neat that it's included it's 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 cool that it's there um but yeah
0: (laughs) so you could have your paper doll mind controlling everybody with the analytic engine yeah every time you win a game yeah so i mean this (laughs) is the
1: this is the right way to do a print and play is to give plenty of options on how you want to print it the only components that don't aren't included the print and play are six six six-sided dice which are pretty easy to find or crib out of some other game like it's Most everybody has a couple six-sided dice. Most everybody who listens Mm -hmm. to this podcast has. And a pencil. Like, the print and play covers exactly what it needs to cover, and that's that's good for it. Um, Perhaps the only ding I can give to it is that most of the icons that he's pulled out of it, and he gives a big list of art credits out of it, um, I feel like these came from like noun project even though it's not actually from noun project but that's where it feels like these kind of things came from it's a whole bunch of sort of it's a whole bunch of just flat single black and white icons for all sorts of really interesting things like the the british museum has what looks like a stack of cash and a boomerang and a cuckoo clock and dutch clogs and a, a bone hammer like weird mm-hmm. icons but they're all distinct you won't ever confuse one for the other it's not like you have to look at it and you're like wait is that the boomerang or the clock or the horseshoe like no they're all distinct they all sort of make sense except for the few instances where they don't make sense and it's on purpose that they don't make sense like okay sure i i can understand the choice i can understand the choice
0: yep I wonder if it's like from GameIcons.net or something like that. Yeah, they, they look. Well, no, like...
1: it's just across various places. It's like it's DeviantArt oh, okay. and these other places. He he picked. It's it's the same type of thing. It's yeah. perfectly fine icons. They're they're nicely done. They are all clear and clean. It's not super. It's like it's not something you would see in a published game. But it's not right. a published game. It's an eight dollars right, print yeah. and play.
0: It was a yeah. If it was if it was a published game. It wouldn't be eight dollars. <laughs> yes, exactly. So
1: I, I, I give that it's only a minor thing. I think overall, the quality of components is is very good. I, I give it a high rating for the quality of components.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. And there's uh, apparently a, a demo you could download for free from the website. Ada Lovely Saves Christmas. Because, <laughs> as you said, she's a superhero. And, and it's a single 15-minute scenario, Just just one map, just one room, I guess, whatever. And you're and out theoretically. The if floors. you complete
1: it, then you get a bonus that you can play with the actual game. Yes, mm, okay. Theoretically,
0: yep. And it I has did all the rules you need.
1: Maybe if it would have saved Hanukkah, I would have played it, but oh, <laughs> not
0: Christmas. Oh well, you could cross out the word Christmas and just replace it with Hanukkah. No, I'm not serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it is a print and play, you could do, and it is a uh. Right, a legacy game. So you can modify it all oh, you
1: need. I don't think I'm gonna put that much effort into it. All right. That being said, Albert, let me move on to my discussions about the gameplay. Yes. Okay. Uh usually we would review over what the gameplay is, but we've done that before. So my thoughts about how the game is played and perhaps also how scoring occurs. Um I think the game is very difficult to play depending upon what sort of style you get. There are two main ways I Think that you get both the legacy buildup that you need for the final scenario and points over the course of the game. You can either get points by collecting evidence, so fully surrounding the evidence, or you can get points by completely surrounding rooms. Um, surrounding evidence feels like a much easier way of getting points <coughs> because. Usually that's an easier thing to do. You don't have mm-hmm. to have the precision of pieces necessary in order to be able to fill these rooms because some of these rooms can be very awkward. Some of them have a whole bunch of jagged toothy edged pieces or mm-hmm. one by one, like, like like one high rows or one wide columns, things like that. Or just sort of stick out in awkward areas. When you're just trying to surround evidence, not only does surrounding evidence give you both an immediate bonus ability, but it also provides for you actual points towards getting your final score. Now that I don't think you get so much. Like many of these final scores are asking you to get like fifties, sixties, seventies to get the highest possible score. So and the and evidence, there's only usually like ten or so in a room so that's only 20 points you get from evidence but i feel like your first goal has to be to go for evidence right. in this game yeah. you are rolling you are you are at the mercy of the dice to be able to figure out which ones you want and for many of these rooms in order to be able to completely fill a room i think not only would you need to have the dice roll go exactly like you want it to go i think with some of these rooms even if you have the dice going exactly as you want it because there are so many awkward spots in there. Just these tiny little crevices to fill into, especially the latest mm-hmm. scenarios where there's doors and, and walls and things that stick into it. And the later snares that like go around spirals yeah. or in a swamp, like some of these have such awkward areas it's hard to fill in these rooms even if you had complete control of your dice it's extremely hard to fill in these rooms so for the most part almost every scenario i got only one star some scenarios i got none one scenario i think i must have misplayed because i got three stars i was like (laughs) what granted that was the that was the, the only scenario that had composed that was composed of nothing but square rooms every (laughs) single room was square and it could be that i scored really well in that one because it was all even squares squares you can fit into there's no nooks
0: every other (laughs) room
1: has these nooks and it is so hard to fill in a room
0: and if, if i understood correctly filling in a room would also then get you the the clues that are inside it so you'd still perforce. get the points for that right perforce it would
1: theoretically some of the some of the evidence sort of sticks out like the it's on the edge of a room so you would have to fill in one or two spaces in the room next door to really fill in all the spaces surrounding oh. evidence but in general yes okay. perforce you would have also completed the rooms okay but i think so as you, i said you'll, to get, more grad, you'll, you, you'll get, get more points you'll definitely get more points in that case
0: but then you're wasting turns and not collecting evidence that you need for the final round. Well, you need points.
1: Right? Points will also help you towards the final round. Cause if you uh, get okay. a lot of points, you get a lot of stars and that'll also give you bonuses towards the final round. Okay. But I think evidence gives you access to abilities that help you get more dice and more flexible actions. Like some of them let you, some of the abilities will let you place Wild shapes or shapes in the middle of the room, or just shade in squares wherever you like, and some of these evidences can be very helpful more for some of these evidence if you fill in the whole room and then fill in the the ability to unlock that evidence uh, to use the evidence bonus on it by having filled mm-hmm. in the room, it's now a lot less useful to use that evidence bonus. So it almost feels like when you're playing through the game, your first goal needs to be complete the evidence, unlock the evidence, and then whatever rooms you can maybe finish afterwards, finish and see what you can do. But I don't know that that scored me a lot of points.
0: Yeah, I see. Does it feel when you're playing like there's a lot of strategizing? I mean, granted, it's, it's a lot of luck in the game, but like choosing which evidence to do first and which one to do second affects how the game score might be at the end or something like that. Do you, it do you definitely get that does. Feels,
1: yes. It definitely does feel strategic yeah. because this is a game where you are making a, a logical choice in the front end because in order to do well, you want to plan out how you're going to fill out a room, how you're going to fill in an evidence. And then at that point you will hope that luck gives you one, uh, one or or one or the shape that you need to fill out your plan. And then if it doesn't, you have to be prepared. Well, I will run a different plan at the same time and not forget about my first plan too. But you need to be able to look at the board, assess the board, blueprint out how it is that you're going to fill spaces, complete evidence, fill in rooms. And yes, this is, I say it over and over again, the type of games that I like are the ones that make me feel smart. This is one that made me feel smart. Yay. It was. <laughs> it felt to me like achievement in this game was based upon how well you planned out how you wanted to use your dice and leave spaces to either use dice abilities, evidence abilities, or dice shapes.
0: Okay, that's neat. That that sounds like a fun game. And it, like you said, it, it it looks nice. It's it's not amazing art, but it looks crisp and well done and, and mm-hmm.
1: thoughtful. It it looks crisp. It looks well done. It is fun. Um, the the end of the game for me was harrowing. I managed to beat the campaign on literally my last die roll.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> it was uh, yeah, that is tense.
1: It was harrowing to do, and I needed to get like half of that. Like it it was tough to do, and it was enjoyable to do. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if just simply the way I did it is the right way because. Did win in the end, but it felt frustrating playing through it. But many games feel frustrating playing through it. I enjoy especially when it's not
0: going the way you want it to. Right.
1: (laughs) So I think that for me, the the reason why many other games I feel like that frustration doesn't linger as long is because like if I'm playing, let's say a platformer and I try it once and i I failed to jump through the level. I tried again, tried a third time, I failed to jump to the level. I get better, and then I get through the level, and I realize i've done it I've got through the level I succeeded that mission with this one. My mm-hmm. frustration lasted throughout the entirety of the campaign of i've only gotten one star i've only gotten one star, zero stars i've gotten a bunch of evidence but my points are not as high as it's wanting me to get. And then we get to the end of it. I'm like, oh, all that evidence was very useful. And then I actually won at the very end. So wow.
0: okay. so that's, that reminds me of my experience with Under Falling Skies where every game was sort of frustrating. I felt like I was just doing the bare minimum to get by, and, but, it, but I didn't have the win in the end like you did. So <laughs> not quite as satisfying at, at the end of that campaign for me
1: yeah i mean i suppose (laughs) because it was satisfying and i did enjoy playing through it i just wish i had i wish there was some more feedback to not make me feel frustrated with my point scores over the course of the game Mm -hmm. or uh, some sort of hint or something saying like look this is like normal score amazing score or something like that but even tell me like one star on each one is is normal and the only way to get higher star scores is by sacrificing evidence or something like that i don't know
0: yeah Um,
1: like something to have mitigated some of my frustration but i enjoyed the game i'm not sure i'm going to play through the whole thing again but the mere fact that i'm saying i'm not sure probably suggests that i that that it's a pretty good game
0: mm -hmm. because
1: I would say absolutely not otherwise. I've played through a print and play. Like it's gonna be the same scenarios the second time through. But even then, it was fun enough that not immediately, but after it's a little bit more sale in my mind, I would probably play through it again.
0: Okay. So let me ask you, you said it's a legacy game. How how much of a legacy-ness did you get out of it at all?
1: So I'm gonna mention again, because <laughs> I printed it off. It can't feel legacy for me, because right. the whole idea of legacy is that it has to feel like a sense of permanence, like I'm destroying something that came with the game and I won't have it back again. You can't get a sense of permanence for something that I printed off. It it just <laughs> doesn't it doesn't <laughs> feel the same that. tearing up a page that I printed off as it does tearing up a car from Pandemic Legacy.
0: Yep. Okay. But but ignoring that then. The changes you made were did they feel like you're making progress or unlocking good stuff? Okay. Yes. Were some of the changes negative?
1: No. Some of them. Some some of them were that if you would get to the end of it and be like, "Hey, there's the secret goal." The whole time, did you do the secret goal? Then you get the better bonus. If you just didn't, then you just get the regular bonus. But it would constantly be giving you either a new ability or a new dice shape or things like that.
0: Okay. Interesting. And so <laughs> I assume it was kind of fun Then, when, when you unlock something and you get to cut it up and stick it on the board or something. Absolutely not. Because it's I don't no know why you would say that. Because really. it's more crafty. Because um, <laughs> you you're having to I supply go... your own glue. It's not a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're saying it's more fun when it's not an actual sticker? When it, yeah, if it's crafty, yeah, I think so. Because then you're, you're doing a craft no hands on you know no
1: no okay because i mean when you're having to cut out some of the shapes like i'm this is a person that i want to be very meticulous like i would have to cut out a shape and like make sure it's exactly aligned and cutting out well like and and put the tape in enough spots so it stays well like i want to do it well and no I'd, i'd rather i'd rather have an actual game i'm not quite sure what you're comparing it to
0: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I just thought of something. I actually have an Ada Lovelace pencil. It'd be a perfect thing to use for this.
1: It sounds <laughs> perfect, Albert. Be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I think I think we've heard everything we need to know about this game. Um, we'll have links so you know where to go buy it if you like it. Um, sounds like it's worth trying, and it's it's pretty cheap.
1: Indeed. But Over if you're not sure, to
0: give it a shot. Yeah. If you're not sure, do the print and play. via The free demo version.
1: And Albert is going to go sharpen his pencil right now.
0: And go play. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. All right. Have good here. night, everybody. And hopefully, I survive the tornadoes.
1: I'm trying to stop giggling about it, about a restart. Like, wait, no, yes, oh, stop. <laughs>